talking to Jeff about what he's been up to as of late and we'll also catch up on the latest happenings in the NASCAR world and look back at the weekend at the all-star race at Texas and look ahead to this weekend's action in the Coca-Cola 600 as well as the Indy 500 the biggest weekend of the year in motorsports we'll have a full preview of it coming up in just a little while from right now plus we'll have our S. David's segment, where you submit questions to us, and we'll answer them at the end of the show. As always, we are presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year on David's Ford 08 Mustang, and we want to tell you a little bit about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck Series race Throughout the season, visit TicketSmarter.com. That's TicketSmarter.com. David Starr joins us right now off of a fresh weekend at Texas, your home track, David. And the Xfinity side, you ended up with your best finish of the season so far. Well, it, <laughs> I, I was talking to Dom and uh, at the Speedway. We are missing somebody, Dom. You remember who that was? I know. I think it was Jeff. We missed Jeff at the racetrack. <laughs> we did. We missed <laughs> We did definitely miss Jeff Bodine at the racetrack, but our, our other guy we visit with every week on the podcast, he was nowhere to be found. Did you know Did you know yeah. where he was at? Yeah, I he was covering some him. sort of regional golf tournament is what I heard. Golf? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> it's something I'm not good at. I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm not good at that sport. Man, I, I don't have time for that, but uh, but anyway. Sorry, I was busy hanging out with Tiger Woods. Uh, it was a good time at the PGA Championship last week. Yeah. Man, I hear you, man. Texas was awesome. I tell you, uh, the Xfinity race. You know, all since the season started, our uh, our ticket smarter uh, Ford Mustang has just been. We've had a lot of speed, and uh, we we just it's been crazy. You know, it's like I've had such good luck for years and years and years, and I think anything that could happen to us, crazy stuff is happening. You know, again, I had a fast Ford Mustang, drove good, and uh, you know, I, I felt like I was sideways most of the races, but, but just on a restart, I think we moved up to 11th, 12th, 13th, whatever it was. And and uh, so, man, I'm going to get a couple, two or three of them on the restart and hopefully get up in the top 10. And uh, I felt like I had a strong enough car to do that. Man, I didn't even make it off out of turn one. Somebody hit me in the left rear and I thought we were done. And, and I, by the grace of God, I saved it. And uh, they never threw a caution. <laughs> my, my tires were flat, flat, flat spotted. And you, you felt like a wheel and a tire was going to come off the car. You know, we was able to stay on the lead lap. And uh, caution finally came out to end the stage. And, and we was able to stay on the lead lap, change our tires. And, and then later on in the race, I felt like uh, we, we really was running 15th, 16th. And, and uh, got taken out again going into turn three. Somebody hit me in the left rear, spun me. And uh, I don't know who it was, but as somebody spun me, I got into the Ryan Seed car and spun him. And, and uh, man, I don't know how this happened, but, you know, by the grace of God, nobody hit us. <laughs> and I didn't hit anybody, which, you know, you don't get lucky twice, and I did. And, uh, but, man, what, what a race it was. It was drama-filled. People were crashing left and right, but it was a great race. And then they 
they had a big pileup on the front straightaway, and I kind of got pushed into it and got a little damage. And, uh, man, it was all said and done. Uh, uh, you know, we finished 21st, but we had such a great car. It's just sometimes the race plays out in your favor, and sometimes it doesn't. This time it didn't play out in our favor, but we had a great car, drove good. I could pass. It was just awesome, you know. But, uh, but anyway, it was a lot of fun racing at home, and with everything that happened to us and to everybody else to come out with 21st finish, was uh, we'll take it, but it's definitely we were a lot better than that. Felt like we we're a 12, 13 place car, but that's just racing, man. You got to run a race, you know, and and it don't always work out like you expected it to. And that, that was a crazy one. Dominic Armagon joins us from the RacingExperts.com as well. Dominic, you were there at Texas for the controversial finish of the All Star Race with Ryan Blaney ultimately getting it done, but. It didn't seem like everyone knew the rules. NASCAR throws out a caution prematurely, and you got a window net situation. Really took away from the uh, the race. If, if they don't call the caution, then there's a whole different story, right? Absolutely. And, and seeing how that race played out, I was walking to pit road, what, about two laps to go, thinking, okay, I'm going to go interview Hamlin and whoever because the race is going to end. Ryan Blaney's got a two-second lead. And I look up at the, the big – Big Haas, the big TV on the backstretch. I think it's the second biggest TV in the world. And and it looks like Blaney's won the race and his pit crew's celebrating. And wait, all of a sudden, I'm looking at my phone and I'm looking at all these tweets. And wait, the race isn't over. We have a restart. And the race has got to finish under green and, and all that situation. And I don't know if TV talked about this, but it was really fascinating to hear from Pit Road when Ryan Blaney got his window net fixed and he weaved the car back and forth and was warming up his tires before they started. The fans went wild. You would have thought they'd introduced Dale Earnhardt Jr. in introductions. Fans went crazy when Ryan Blaney got his window net up. So certainly a crazy finish. I think that's one that we're going to remember. I think it's one Denny Hamlin wants to forget. But definitely a lot of fired up people at the end of the race. And and Ryan Blaney told me after the race, too, he says he's going to put that window net above his fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, I like that. That's, uh, that's great for Blaney uh, to see him get that done. And with the controversy and all that, David, uh, for me, it kind of reminded me of, you know, we, we watch these football games all the time, right? And, you know, we think the game's over, and then the, the ref comes out and says, no, we got a replay review, and we got to redo the last play again, you know? And, and with that, thinking the race was over, and then, oh, wait, wait, nope, there was a caution that came out and had to do that again. That's kind of what it felt like, but it was one of those situations you want to put it back in football terms too, where the official got it wrong, where we shouldn't have had to do all that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I think the, you know, I, it was crazy because they showed it on Big Hoss what uh, Dominic was talking about, and uh, man, about ten yards before the start finish line, the caution light came on. And I guess the rules in the all-star race, I can't wait to hear Jeff's opinion on this, but the rules in the all-star race, when that caution comes on, you know, in a real NASCAR race, a points race, once you take the white flag and the caution comes out, the race is over with and where you're at is how you finish, okay? But the all-star race is a special race. And I want to say, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say this. <laughs> Ryan Blaney have them covered. I mean, those Penske cars are fast. And Blaney have them covered, covered, you know, and it was he have them he had it covered so much that the last fifty laps or whatever the last caution was, I mean he kind of stunk up the show, you know what I'm saying? 
So even though maybe NASCAR got it wrong, I think the fans were excited to see the caution come out. I mean, I was under the impression that Ryan Blaney won the race, and it took me about two minutes to try to figure out what was going on. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. The fans are going to see, a, 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 you know, a dash for the cash, you know, for a two-lap, you know. And when you got a guy running second and third, there's a million dollars on the line. Hell, he's – I mean, you know, this is going to be really exciting, you know. And I felt bad for Ryan Blaney. But, you know, and, and on top of that, to make the drama even bigger – Ryan took his window net down because he thought he won the race and he couldn't get it back up. And Jeff will tell you, and I'll tell you that that's not easy getting that window net up. I didn't think he was going to be able to do it. And I was like, man, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Because he thinks he won the race, put his window net down. Is NASCAR going to make him come down pit road and have his team put it up and put him in the back of the pack, you know? And I'm thinking, man, and I'm like, I'm cheering for him. It's it's drama field, and he's doing all y- – y'all saw everything going on. I'm like, there's no way he's going to be able to get it back up. But he did. And, man, they dropped the green flag, and, it, and, and man, he showed his dominance again and won it twice. But I, 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 even though I think maybe NASCAR messed up, I think the drama of it and the excitement of it really made the – it kind of helped that all-star race be more exciting. We're all talking about it. And I believe, you know, you guys keep up with the social media, Twitter and everything. And I think, I think people, a lot of people had a lot of things to say, whether it was negative or positive, but I just think it really helped the outcome of the race. It was exciting for the fans. They got their money's worth, but if that caution wouldn't have happened, if that controversy wouldn't have happened, it was one, I would say it was rather, you know, uneventful all-star race. You know what I mean? And that controversy really gave it a little spice. Yeah. You know? so, I mean, we've, yeah. we've said for a long time that Ryan Blaney was an old school racer that just happens to race in 2022. <laughs> and to sit there in his own car and find a bungee cord and fix his own window net like that, I mean – that doesn't get any more old school than that right so there. So what are you trying to say? He should have been racing back with Jeff Bodine? Or, I mean, he would have fit right <laughs> in with that. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah he would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are, Jeff. Uh, we, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, this was not the formal introduction that we were going to give you, but since you're, you're here, welcome. <laughs> I listened to all this baloney going on here. You know, NASCAR screwed up, yeah. They yeah. no, they did that on purpose. They love that. They love to throw those yellow flag you know, restarts, cause action, cause crashes. Uh, I would have spun Ryan out coming off turn four to get the green flag. That's how, I mean, I'm surprised <laughs> did that. I mean, for a million bucks, you're gonna do anything. They knew that once the, he got out in front, they weren't gonna catch him. So I would have spun him out way before that. But <laughs> no, NASCAR. Yeah, they 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 did that on purpose. That that yellow flag didn't shouldn't have come out. Whoever hit the wall, scrubbed the wall. They kept going. There was no problem, no blocking mm-hmm. the track. But they did it, like you said, David, to make the show more exciting. And yeah, it certainly did because uh, they didn't expect him to drop his window net, so that added more drama to the uh, the restart. And poor Denny Hamlin, oh, he got beat, oh, he's all mad. He sure got, they sure a black flag. Ryan, oh, that's terrible. Denny, grow up. <laughs> he was, come on, he had your ass beat, excuse my language. And no, he, 
That was terrible, Dan. Danny's, Danny's getting too old. These young kids are beating him. And, he, you know, all those old guys are like, like you and you and David and me. You're not old. <laughs> I'm old. But that, they're retiring, you know, because they can't beat these kids in, in equal equipment. I mean, this is so interesting what's happened with these new cars. It, everyone has the same car. Yeah, you can set it up a little different, change it. But you got to drive the heck out of it. And these old guys aren't used to doing that. They always had some advantages. They, you know, because you used to be able to tweak the car and change a little here and there. Actually, if you, if you knew the rules, you'd say they're cheating, but it's not cheating until you get caught. But now they're in an even built race car and they are getting their butts beat. They don't like it. So they're going to get out, go do some TV and make some more money. That's all fine. I don't blame them. I, if Jeff Gordon was still driving, he would be a mid-pack driver because these young kids are good. The watermelon man uh, and the uh, I can't remember names. The eight car, yeah, Tyler Reddick, yeah, yeah, and I mean all those young guys are they're just awesome. You know they they used to have other young kids know how to drive. Well, they didn't have the same equipment. Now they got the same equipment. They're showing who could drive and who can't. But the the all star race, yeah, it was boring until the end when they. Through that yellow flag, and he put the window net down and put it up. Or Denny was crying. And you, hey, Dom, when you're on victory lane, do you give Denny a handkerchief to wipe his tears, anything like that? No, but I was standing pretty much like two feet from him when he had that little media slum. And I, I will say, spicy Denny Hamlin is very interesting. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we all get that way. I mean, but he, so, he, he was beat. Everyone, like you said, David, I mean, uh, Ryan had those guys beat so bad. He was real. He was bad fast. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk, uh, Jeff, uh, because the next gen car, everybody has the same parts and pieces. It wasn't like last year or the year before, where the powerhouse teams had an advantage and they had a combination figured out, and you really didn't know what spindles they had and and you know what rear end housing they had and how much tow they had in it. And you know, I mean, you you know, you know what your what the the box they give you to, you know, on all the specifications, but, you know, uh, you know, the powerhouse teams, they, they found a combination, some body stuff. And now when the chassis and you have to buy all the par same parts and pieces, man, it's interesting to hear Jeff Bodine give it to us real because everybody's got the same cars, you know, basically except a setup. And now you see, like you said, the water man, Ross Chastain, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Raddick, uh, you know, Ryan Blaney, you see these Chase young, Chase, you see these young yeah. kids, man, they're coming to the front, you know, and, you know, I, I say every week, you say, well, hey, hey, guys, who you who, who you think is going to win the race this week? And I keep saying Kevin Harvick, he ain't even close, you know what I mean? He snuck up there a little bit and got second and third, but, you know, and, and you're looking at Denny and, and some of the older guys that have been involved, Truex, you know, so I think we talked about it not too long ago. Trex was talking about maybe it's time to retire. I think it's time to retire because it ain't as yeah. easy as it once was for him, you know? And, exactly, exactly. And you know, talk about it. Kind of writing a book. You know, this is a book we're, we're moving right now about that Bob says we built in the night train, how story of the NASCAR inspired Bob said that beat the world. <laughs> That's Bob awesome. Beat the world. So just go on New World Racing and uh, we have the book, we have 
we even made a, a, a record back in, uh, the, when was it, the 80s. Uh, a guy in Nashville came up with an idea and I, I funded it. And 21 drivers, the late Dale Earnhardt sings, uh, Rusty Wallace, Dale Jarrett, myself. You need a tissue when I sing. I got the slow, sad country song. Jeannie Seeley wrote my song. So these songs are all written by really great songwriters. And Jeff, you uh, lost me when you brought up a CD. I can't remember the last CD I listened to. Well, we yeah, but, you know, we have it on vinyl, too. You know, vinyl, I did CDs because years back, nobody had vinyl. Vinyls are coming back. So this is really a collector's item. Hey Jeff, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lost. I'm, 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 He's I'm, already selling product. No, well, hang on a second. There's nothing wrong with that. But wait a minute. We're talking about the 50th best race car driver in the world, which came out years ago. And Jeff Bodine is, I don't know, sixth or seventh on that list. And, uh, and he's talking about singing country music. Wait, you, you, you sung? You, you was a singer? I thought you was a professional, famous race car driver, man. I grew up in the country, an all-American farm boy. <laughs> That's a little pre Dale Earnhardt. And, and I'll tell you, now some drivers tell their name, like I'm Wild Bill Elliott, a crazy race man. He's great in the beginning. But if you listen to these songs, you will not be able to tell who's singing until they tell their name. I, I was really? there. When I first heard I said, who the heck is that? I mean, it's like regular singers. You know, they talk like we do, normal. They open their mouth singing and a whole different voice comes out. And the same in, uh, with race ride drivers. Of course, when we're driving around, somebody spins us out, a whole new voice comes out too, you know. You don't want to, you don't want little kids to hear that voice. It's kind of nasty. <laughs> like Danny so, so, Jeff, um, who who was some of the drivers that sung on, on y'all's CD album uh, that surprised you that was really had a good voice that really caught you off guard? Well, Kyle Petty sings. He still sings. He, yes. He, he, he's, he's expanded his singing. He's really good. Uh, yeah, he performed at uh, the Grand Ole Opry back in uh, the, the last yeah. Nashville. You know, wow. Earnhardt. Some guys talk to it, like Bill, Bill Elliott. I'm wild, Bill Elliott, crazy race man. He doesn't really sing. Uh, Benny Parsons talks to his, the late Benny Parsons. Uh, Dale Jarrett. Uh, Cale Yarbrough <laughs> thought he was a singer. And he had a, he had a friend of coaching, coaching him. Practice, practice. Well, by the time he got up, we all didn't sing at the same time. You know, six, seven of us went to Nashville and real recording studio, but by the time Cal, Cal got it, sing had a little too few mud one. <laughs> and you can kind of tell when he sings. He was a little, a little tipsy, but. Uh, uh, Jeff, do you well, call they, that liquid they, courage? They, pardon? Do you call that liquid courage, liquid courage? <laughs> I needed some too. Dick Brooks really was a great, is a, was a great singer. He's a great guy, but he was a pretty good singer. Dale Jarrett, uh, Buddy Baker, uh, Buddy, he's funny, but Bill Elliott sings, like I said. Uh, Phil Parsons, uh, Rusty Wallace, Richard Childress. Wow. Richard Childress sings. His, the, I'll tell you the title of his song, T-Bone. When he was used to drive, you know, he got uh -huh. T-Bone one time, so that's what the song is about. Uh, Joe Rutman sings. Uh, James Hilton, Ricky Rudd. Wow. 
Bobby Hill and Kelly Arbor, Bobby Allison sings. Yeah, there's, there's so Jeff, where do, we get, where do we get one of those albums at? How can we find I've never even seen one, I didn't even know it was even out there. You got it on your website. Where do we buy one at? New, yeah, just uh, email me new world racing at ll.com. New Man. world racing. Hey guys, you y'all, Dom, you know about how we can get one of those? You know that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we need to buy one of those. That's pretty awesome. I got to hear this. I oh, got to hear Jeff so O'Dyne cool. sing, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'll my tell you. Wife, Lori, my wife, Lori, does all of that. She uh, gets all the orders and gets them out. And I take them to the post office, but uh, it's it's a good deal. You can buy one of each or you can buy, like they call a bundle, all three. Discounted price. Well, man, I'm going to a few. We have a limited supply left. Okay. So <laughs> if anyone out there wants one, you better get New World Racing at AOL.com. Just say it. My wife will send you the information how to get it and all that. Awesome, oh, man. Everything, we, uh... everything goes out autographed. Okay, awesome. That was my next question. Absolutely. Well, man, I'll tell you what, too, David. We were out there at Jeff's house a few weeks ago working on the book. He had this playing on his Crosley jukebox. He had the CD playing. I bet you don't know who that is. I bet you don't know who that is. I bet you don't know who that is. And I've tried to guess. Did, like, you, yeah. know? Did no, you know? No, I didn't know most of them. I knew a couple of them. But this is that I had a computer in front of me, and I could kind of Google the lyrics and stuff. So I was cheating you on that. Cheated. Yeah, you cheated. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed, dude. I can't wait to buy one. That's amazing, man. No. So we're going to do another album, and David's going to sing. <laughs> yeah. The Racers did one earlier, which was just a funny deal. It, it didn't really work. But this was serious. National songwriters wrote these songs off of interviews, and so it's a serious deal. I spent a lot of money promoting it. <laughs> I haven't back yet so please buy some <laughs> <laughs> everyone that has one really enjoys it they say man i can't believe you guys could sing that well i got i'm buying one how many <laughs> takes did it take you to get your song right how, how many hours did it take in the recording studio uh no you practiced before you got there so kind of kind of kind of knew the word you know it's about you so you, you know the word pretty quick it wasn't like hey, I was singing opera. Hey Jeff, the, after seeing the All Star race, how crazy it was, man! You were, yeah, man. I I remember some of the All Star races that you were in, and and uh, man, you can you give us one that, that just jumps out, the most memorable All Star race you were in? I mean, I mean, I yourself, one. Bill Elliott, Dill Earnhardt Sr. I mean, Dill Dill Earnhardt, and man, you know, uh, come on, David, the one you win is the one you remember, at, right? Absolutely, that, man. That was, the, that was the first. That was the first win I had with that seventeen after I bought it after Alan Quickie got killed. So that was yeah. really special. But uh, I remember one when uh, uh, the last ten laps, the format, the, the way they had it before, ten laps at the end was. I mean, that's super exciting. Come on, fifty laps. Give me a break. That's boring. Absolutely. Ten laps, you can go flat out, you know, sideways. Your tires, that don't matter. But this one, Elliot was on a pole. I started second. Earnhardt was behind me. Took off for the, the last ten laps, and I had a little jump on Bill. And we had a fast car, Levi Garrett five. I thought, and it was fast. I said, I'm, I'm going to win this thing. Next thing I know, I'm going sideways through one and two. I didn't, I didn't hit anything. Straight it out. Of course, they threw the yellow. 
And uh, we changed tires and went back out. Of course, I'm going, who did it? Who did it? And Rick Henry <laughs> that it was Earnhardt. It was Earnhardt. Of course, at the end is when uh, was it was a pass through the grass, which really didn't, wasn't a pass through the grass, but he ended up winning the race. Well, Bill went up and whacked him to show he wasn't really happy with what he did going through the grass. Rick Henry told me Earnhardt's the one that spun me out. So I went up there and body slammed him. Well, just as I'm body slamming him, Rick Henry goes, no, it was Elliot. Elliot hit you. I said, oh, man, it was a little too late. So we got called in the big red trailer with NASCAR and got her butch chewed out. And I said, I was just congratulating him. I wasn't <laughs> congratulating But, yeah, just as I'm getting ready to bang him, Rick goes, no, it's Bill Elliot did it. And you look at the video, you see Bill slid up and hit me. Wow. I had Still came back and finished third, I think. But, so that's the one, the most exciting yeah. for me with the win, but that's the next exciting one. So what about uh, with this upcoming weekend, Memorial Day weekend, such a big weekend in racing with, historically speaking, you know, the Coke 600, Indy 500, Monaco, all that. What comes to mind for you on uh, on that front, Jeff, of, uh, of this weekend just in, in motorsports here? Well, a couple of things, yeah. The World 600, uh, in 94, I was running Hoosier Tires. That's when I won the All-Star Race. And uh, a lot of people won money on that All-Star Race. The Wood Brothers bet big on me. And, you know, at the start of the All-Star Race, uh, Sterling Marlin and Schrader got by me. Took a couple laps for my tire to get going, but I blew them off. But when they were in front of me, the Wood Brothers, they were, they were praying for me to win because they put a lot of money on me in Vegas. They won a lot of money. <laughs> So that was that was cool, but, uh, but the six the six hundred we had him beat, and coming for the last pit stop, Rusty Wallace came in. He was running behind us. He changed four tires, so we we have to come and get gas. We didn't have enough gas, and Paul Andrews Crucio said said four tires, four tires. I said no, two, just two. He's he, you know they went with four. Well, you know by the time. And then Jeff Gordon came in. He didn't change any tires. So he was way ahead of me at the end. I couldn't catch him. Now, if we'd only changed two, I would have come out right with him. And, you know, we should have won that race. Indy, I have memories from Indianapolis <laughs> that are so good. <laughs> uh, it was in 94. We had Hoosier tires. And, you know, we were bad fast. And uh, Gordon had more horsepower. So in the beginning of the run, he just passed me down a straightaway. But our tires kicked in, and I passed him in the, in the corners and just pull away. But caution came out, so we're all going to pit. So we come in, we change four. He changed, Gordon changed four. My brother, Brett, they only changed two on a Quaker State car. And Allison, they all changed just four off four tires. So here we come out. Brett's on the pole. I'm second. And uh, I said, I got to get by my brother quick before Gordon gets by us. Then I'm going to have to pass him again. So I was kind of in a hurry and I shouldn't have been, but I was. So, and I, you know, David, four tires are a lot faster than two. Yeah, they are. And he's a track where four tires are very important. Yeah. So I knew Brett wasn't going to be fast in the corners. So Coming off of uh, two on the restart, yeah, he was wiggling a little bit. Said, okay, I'll get him in a short shoot between three and four. So he went in kind of easy, 
and I shot up under him. Yeah, we just scrubbed fenders, but I didn't hit him or anything. It was just close. He tried to hold me down. Well, being on the inside coming off turn four, I didn't have the line to, to be wide open yet. Right. But I did. So I'm, I kind of had to let up, but he ran into me and spun me out. Mm-hmm. Leading the race, going to win a million bucks or whatever it was to pay that. And, you know, Dale Jarrett hit me after that. The whole field was behind us. And they were going out pit row. They were every way missing us, but put us out of race. So that was a memorable event. The first Brickyard 400, we were in a great position to win, but it didn't happen. And That was 1994, six, the first yeah, one. Yeah, the World, was, the world yeah. 600 in a position to win, we didn't win. So they were heartbreakers. Wow. So, so this weekend has good memories <coughs> for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I'm, I'm – I hope Jimmy Johnson runs good, finishes, you know, pray that nothing happens. He's had a couple of close calls already up there, bouncing off the wall. So, Jimmy, keep it going straight, and he'll have a chance to win. He has a fast car, and he's proven he can do it. Absolutely. So I just pray, though. Safety. Why is he doing, why is he doing this? He's got more money than you and me and, and <laughs> Dom and everybody combined. <laughs> Ten times, and he has kids, a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. You know, and it's crazy, man. Yeah, he should People, just yeah enjoy the rest of life. You know? Absolutely. Hey, Jeff, yeah. I, I want to ask. A racer. Yeah, I, he's he's a racer like all of us. I wanted to ask yeah. you back in 1994. You're talking about this tire thing, and now I remember it because you were on Hoosiers, and everybody else was on Goodyear's. Did was NASCAR? Uh, you know that was a big that was a big story back then. I remember that was big news, and and when you switched over to Hoosiers, that was huge news. That was every you know, the media covered it. Everything. Uh, I'm being a book. I'm being yes. a book. I'm gonna, okay, okay. Because I want I want the story cleared up. I didn't do it on my own. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Xide batteries came to to. Uh, Bob Newton with Hoosier tire and and me. And they wanted to sponsor us in Montgomery Ward. Montgomery Ward was selling Exide batteries and Hoosier street tariffs. Yeah. So we had a meeting in Vegas, which was pretty good. I like to go for the Vegas. But yeah. we had a meeting. Carnally Jones was there. Because wow. he was part of all that. And the deal was if I uh, ran Hoosier tires, I'd get the sponsorship. <laughs> I've been down this road before. I called up Bill France Jr. I said, Bill, this is the deal. I told him exactly what went on. He said, man, I want you to run those tires. Goodyear at that time was, uh, there was a hostile takeover. Somebody at foreign country was talking about buying Goodyear. And they, so they'd get out of racing. So Mr. France said, no, I want you to run those tires. Develop, work hard, develop those tires. because I may, He said, I might need them for my race cars. <laughs> Wow. He said, I got to have tires for my race cars and put a show on. So I was blessed by the, the head of NASCAR, and he told me to run those tires, and which we did. We built it. I worked really hard with Bob Newton and all his team. Uh, uh, we tested tires more than we raced that year. Wow. Man, you were busy. We, we had, oh, and wore my team out. Uh, we had, <laughs> I should have won 14 races. We won four. Engines kept breaking, and we just wore everything out. 
Wow. And, uh, from testing. Yeah, testing so much. and But it was worth it. But the following year, Goodyear was mad at me. So they built me special tires. Mm, yeah, special. Yes, yeah, special. Yes. You want to put them on your pickup truck. <laughs> so that went a whole year. We built a machine to test them. We knew they what they were doing, but nobody listened. Went a whole year, and then it started the next year. And finally, I went to Bill France Jr. Had a meeting with him at uh, uh, Fontana, the first race at Fontana. Mm -hmm. And all everyone was in the tra tra trailer with him. Uh, Gary Nelson was working for NASCAR then. Right. And I said, Bill, I got a little problem with Goodyear. They're making me some bad tires. Oh, what do you mean? They can't be. I said, yeah. I said, you guys, your guys pick out the first three sets of tires for all the teams, and then Goodyear picks them out after that. No, no, we pick them all out, don't we, Gary? Gary Chirk said, no, no. Bill Francis jaw dropped. Ah. I said, would you, obviously, you didn't tell Goodyear that you told me to run those tires, did you? No. I said, would you please tell him? So he st told Stu Grant, I want to film Homer. Bill Homer was a great friend of mine. Yeah. I ran Goodyear's on modifies, put put them on a map and then late models. And, and we were buddies. And when I told him that, all I could say is looked at me and said, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Oh, we weren't doing anything wrong. Why didn't you tell me? It's time to bear the action. They took every tire they had already mounted for me for Fontana, took them back, gave me all the tires. Never had a bad tire after that. Man, Jeff, what a, what a story. That's amazing. I mean, that's a failure in that. And by me running Hoosier, it made Goodyear get better. Yes. Built their own plant just for race tires. They didn't have that before. So what drivers are mad at me. They didn't realize what was going on. And uh, then I, I paid the price the next year and a quarter. A lot of money. Sponsors, lost sponsors. Uh, and uh, then... You know, didn't didn't ask our Bill France favor, pretty big one. And then we go to <laughs> it's always going to be in the book. Uh, we went to Daytona in uh, July to race. You know, you put your plate on, the restricted plate on to practice. We were running good, no problem. Go through inspection, had two rounds of practice, uh, uh, qualifying back then. NASCAR puts their plate on, they take it out of a box, number, right. and they put. I went out, didn't, I didn't go fast enough to qualify. I said, what the heck? I asked my engine guy, Danny Glenn. I said, Danny, take our practice plate down there and let him check it. It checked perfect. I said, okay, go buy another one from them. Make them check it. Get one from NASCAR. And we'll do that tomorrow morning. We were running great Saturday morning to qualify. Went through inspection. They put, NASCAR put their restriction plate on, which you don't touch. You don't touch it. I didn't qualify for the race. First time on my career, I didn't qualify a race. He was so mad that I asked him to tell Goodyear that he told me to run Hoosier tires. I was in a barrel twice with Goodyear and him. Can you believe that? That's Man, the truth. That's that the truth that's going to be in the book. I can't prove any of it because I, I didn't build the tires and I didn't, I never touched the restrictor plate, but all I'm telling you is, we know they build us bad tires. We, you know. We know there's a small restricted plate. And they, they control the, the sport, unfortunately, more than people realize. Jeff, that's amazing. Hey, I got to that. Yeah, man, I –
Guys, I mean, it's amazing that what Jeff's telling. I mean, that's just unbelievable. The politics of our sport, you know, they they wanted him to run the Hoosier tires, so you did. You it was going to work out with your sponsor. You you didn't really want to do it, but you had the Bill France Jr.'s blessing, and man, it rebounded on you, man. And uh, and then you know, it's amazing when you ask Bill France Jr. to, hey, man, help me out here. I'm doing it because you blessed me. You wanted me to do it. And then the tires you had already mounted for the race, they dismounted them. There, there it, it is right there. And then he's mad at you because he had to go do go do that. Man, that's – wow, man, that's amazing, Jeff. God. Well, it's just part of it. It makes – Makes the book real interesting. <laughs> it's hey, going to be real interesting. And we're going to do a, a, a audio deal where people can get it online. I'm going to, I'm going to read the book to people. And uh, I might, we might only do it that way because when you get a publisher to do a book, they make all the money. Right. And, down, and these guys, they've worked hard on this book and it's my story. So we might just do an audio book. And, yeah. Then you can plug it in your car Absolutely. and get on your iPad, iPad or telephone, book into your car, yeah, and listen to it going down the road. And, uh, that might be a way we'll do it. Everyone has those things in us. So. Well, I know one thing, Dom, I'm buying that book too, man. That's a, that's amazing stories you just told. And I'll us. tell you what, Dave, he's only scratching the surface with some. No, I know, man. That's, yeah. that's unbelievable, man. So, so while we have you here, uh, Jeff. <laughs> You mentioned that book. You and Dominic are working on a book. I've been working on this for a long time. Tell us about how that's coming together and uh, what the story is uh, behind that one. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to people. You know, it tells my career from when I was five years old on up. You know that, and that's all good. A lot of good stuff in it. But then we go into NASCAR uh, when I got into cup late miles and cup and that's when the real i mean my whole career has been i've been blessed by the lord he gave me uh i, I don't take any credit for my career I, I he gave me credit uh talent well i gave me parents the right parents they built a racetrack when i was a year old that's pretty good that's my father built me a little racer when i was five years old eh, that's pretty neat and then i had uncles that race so i was in that around that sport, the sport all my life, and I learned all sides of it, promoting side, the work side, a dirt track in the beginning, out of work. I grew up on a farm, chickens and cows, so I work, work, work. Unfortunately, today, uh, kids are on these things more than they're outside doing good stuff, and so that, I've been blessed by the Lord, and then he, he, he got, you know, I made it through that modified thing and late model thing and he got my cup ride and uh you know i was in some pretty spectacular crashes like we all are and of course in 2000 i was in a real spectacular one everyone thought i was dead and there's a whole story leading up to that i'm not going to tell you what it is and a story why that happened there's a real reason why it happened that's pretty interesting isn't it Dan? oh big time big time <laughs> yeah oh yeah and uh but there's, there's just so much more to the, the whole story, my whole career. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about all that. The Rick Hendrick days, Junior Johnson, Bud Moore, when I owned the team. Uh, Finch, when I drove for him and why I kept going. 
you know, I, I, I wrote, drove in cars I knew I couldn't win in, but they were my friends. I was helping friends, but I was helping myself because I, I couldn't, I didn't want to leave the sport. I didn't, I, you know, you love that the people, you love the racing, you love all the energy at, at a racetrack and being around it. So I, I had a real hard time stopping. And I drove a lot of cars I probably shouldn't have. But, uh, you know, I finally prayed to God to get it out of me. And he did. So we're not, we're not driving anymore. I still work on race cars, believe it or not. You know, I'm 73 years old, still build cars and work on them, set them up. And that's fun. I love that. But the book is, and then naturally we're a chapter on things that teams did to win races that might not have been legal. <laughs> that might not have been legal. And so we're going to talk a lot about that. And Jeff, what did you say I'm earlier? Not, I'm not naming names. Who did what? <laughs> you, you'll be able to figure out some of them, and maybe all of them. I don't know. But I'm not out to hurt anybody. It just, you know, that's what you do in racing. You try to find that advantage. And that's what's so hard today. There's no, you can't find it. In these cars, everyone has the same car, the same package. You can change a few things, but you can't change. It has to be NASCAR approved. So the young guys are showing how good they are, and the old guys are so showing Jeff, how man, old they are. Yeah, it's amazing to all the championships and wins. Hendrick Motorsports, you know, they're the you know they're just the powerhouse team. It's amazing that Jeff Bodine got Rick Hendrick his first win in NASCAR. It's still. It's amazing, you know, and obviously you own to win a lot more races for him. But as you ever sit back and, you know, you look at Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, just all the, you know, but you started it, man. I mean, you, you got all, you know, you got him his first win plus many more. It's just amazing, you know. Uh, I mean, just to hear those stories uh, is just, you know, we could sit here and talk for hours and hours and hours. Uh, well, we we'll, we'll, we'll tell a lot of those stories. And, you know, I actually talked to Rick Kendrick after – most most races we talk, and especially when the five car wins. I like five, the number five. That's pretty good. But yeah. uh, he told me the other day. Well, I I I, I told him. Uh, uh, remember Darlington? I was on pole. Tim Richmond was outside pole. We come up. We come off turn four for the start of the race. I shifted second to third gear in the camshaft row. Never made it to the finish line. Never made it. Come on. The camshaft row. Rick said, you know, you probably would have won, won at least 40 races if we didn't blow all those engines. Back in the day, I loved Randy Dorton, but you couldn't get the parts enough for one engine, let alone two teams. Right. And Tim had a steel billet cam in. I had a cast iron cam in. Mine broke. Wow. And that, Rick said, you've won at least 40 races. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I know. But, <laughs> but then, yeah. it's all good. I'm still here. Hey, but all the millions and millions of drivers and fans and everybody that wants to be like Jeff Bodine would, would take the wins you did win for Rick Hendricks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my career. Could have been better, but it could have been a whole lot worse. Yeah. Hey, just a question, just, you know, uh, man, you know, just, your, you know, it don't get much better in the career you had. Uh, you know, I guess just 
a crew chief that you thought was just on uh, somebody you highly respected as a crew chief. Maybe it wasn't even your crew chief, but just somebody back in your time when you were winning a lot of races, who, who was somebody that really stood out that was just incredible crew chief then? You know, I, I, they've all been good. They've all been good. Uh, you know, my first real cup ride was Dale Bryant was my crew chief with the 50 car and 88 car. Uh, I love Dale to death. He's, he was out there. I don't know if he's still crew chiefing or not. Right. But then, you know, I signed up with Rick Hendrick for one reason, one reason only. The reason was Harry Hyde. <laughs> wow. Rick knows this. You know, we had a meeting and Rick said, well, he, he, first year team, you know, I, I might be able to, we might, I can guarantee you 15 races. The, I don't care. Yeah, that's great. I want the job. Yeah. He said, well, well, we'll give you a call. I said, you mind if I wait out in your waiting room? And they, had <laughs> and they, had, they didn't have cell phones back then. And I was afraid the phone never ring. So he was so impressed that I wanted the job that badly. They came out and said, you got the job. Wow. It was because of Harry Hyde. He's a winning crew chief. He's fam you know, famous in racing. I, and I knew, uh, I, I really thought he could teach me how to win. Well, we won our eighth race together. But our seventh race after that, we'd run some good races. We had a, a few problems. And uh, Rick came to us and after the seventh race and said, you know, guys, I'm going to shut the team down. Wow. You know, I spent way too much money. He only had two small car dealerships. Right. He wasn't, he wasn't a Rick Henry he is today. Uh, he said, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I, I got to shut the team down. We, I, we're, we just don't have the money to keep going. We spent a lot more than we thought. But Harry talked to him and he said, Rick, the car is ready for Martinsville. It's all ready. The engine's in it. It's all ready. Just need a few tires. But let us go. Modines won a few races there, which modifies and late models. Yeah, I won. Totally, I've won, what, 14 races there. So I've, wow. I've got a few, I had a few grandfather clocks. I only have one left. I gave them all away. But Rick, <laughs> Rick said, okay, go. Rick and his wife, Linda, were at, in Greensboro at a church conference. So they weren't even there. And uh, no cell phones. So we won the race, obviously. And after the race, he had to call his mother up. He said, uh, How'd they do, Ma? Yeah. Ricky, Ricky, they won, they won. <laughs> Rick, and his, Rick and his wife, Linda, I live just a little out of Greensboro. They went to my house and toilet papered my house. All <laughs> <laughs> the trees. I don't know who threw them up in those trees, but somebody, and Linda had a good arm, I guess. I don't know. But Rick Hendricks was, and his wife, they wrapped your house with toilet paper. The trees and everything. So that was a celebration for winning his first race and my first cup race. And keeping Henrik Motorsports going. And uh, today, you know, they send you all over the country on TV and all that stuff. But no, that, that was that was special. It's coming home to see all that toilet paper hanging around. But uh, yeah, special, special. And uh, I'm glad I was able to do it and keep that team going. Who knows where, where those careers of those guys would have gone. It might have been better. Probably not. Might have been a whole lot worse. So. Man, Jeff, that's I mean, just think if if Harry Hyde wouldn't have talked Rick Hendrick into going to yeah. that race, and I mean, you, I mean, you think about it. I mean, Rick Hendrick. I mean, we the world might not even know who Hendrick Motorsports was, is today. You know, what I mean, he was shut the door. He, he wasn't either. He was yeah. that close. Yeah, we hadn't told 
So Harry, okay, go ahead. You know, things happen that way. Uh, he was going to a church conference with his wife. Now, and, and I know God has led me through my career in my life. I know that. There's no question. Yeah. And he and Rick and Linda are very Christian people. So for some reason, Rick said, okay, let's go race. Have fun. And Harry, we had a little fan club get together because it happened in April, right on my birthday, April 18th. Wow. And we had a little birthday thing going in a, outside the track, and Harry had the mic and said, oh, I don't know. The boat on running pretty good, but I don't think he's quite ready to win. I looked at him, I took the mic, I said, I don't know what the heck you're talking about, Harry, but we're running good. <laughs> we got a chance. We're going to win this race. And uh, but none of the people knew how important it was. Harry and I did, but no one else. And we went out there and kicked their butt. So, man, that's what a story, Jeff. Can you imagine somebody driving by and seeing Rick Hendricks and his wife throwing freaking toilet paper in your freaking trees? I mean, <laughs> I can't, I mean, you look at it, you, you just yeah. you, can't, you can't fathom that, you can't comprehend that, you know. <laughs> So, so let me well, I didn't, I didn't. bring Dominic again. I got a question for Dominic. I know that we're used to asking these questions to the, to the guests, but I want to see Jeff's reaction to this too. Dominic, of this time you guys have been working on this book together, what's the biggest surprise? What's the most maybe thing that caught you off guard from learning about Jeff through putting this good book? Good question. Together? Great question. I have to know. Man, no, that's a really good question. I'm, I'm really having to think and dig hard on it. I, I think maybe for me personally, I think the biggest surprise is, and, and I've told this on the radio when we've been promoting this or just, you know, when we're talking about this project, I mean, Jeff could have picked anybody to, to tell this story, to tell this book and all the connections he has in North Carolina and being a part of the sport and the roots he has. And he picked some hot shot, cocky young little punk out of Grants, New Mexico to help tell his story. So that's something I, I, I think I was definitely very surprised with. I'm, I'm very honored that Jeff has let me be the person to help tell this story. So I guess uh, I drank too much wine that night. I don't know. <laughs> must have. I can't believe he agreed to it either, but it is an uh, honor. I'm definitely so honored to help Jeff with, and I want to make sure we tell this right. Well, Jeff, we're glad you were drinking a lot of wine when you made that decision because <laughs> we love it. <laughs> me, too. me too. Me too, yeah. That's amazing. I can't stop drinking wine, but I, I did get this as a gift a little bit back. So, I, you know, it's a cool Oh, yeah. Awesome, uh -huh. man. Phillips, yeah, awesome. that was towards the end of the deal. QVC, yeah. uh, I, you know, when you hear about the QVC deal and and all that stuff, uh, you're gonna it'll blow your mind. I can't wait to man, I can't wait to see all that. Another question, I guess I've never asked you this, Jeff, but I know like with the Phillips stuff, there's some Bodine line of stuff like the boat the Bodine LED light and stuff. Was that part of like the business to business or sponsorship or how was that? something that you were a part of or some sort of deal with the sponsorship where you had some products named after you? No, I didn't know anything about that. Man, I'm, I'm going to have to sue those guys. I didn't know they did that. <laughs> I've seen some, like, Bodine LED stuff, and I've seen the film. Really? Yeah, I'll have to show you. <laughs> Come on, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Oh. Man, show it to me. I'm, I want to buy some. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I have evidence. They owe me. <laughs> the Bodine LED emergency light. I'm looking at it right now on, on an online retailer. How about that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you're kidding me. I'll have to look it up. 
Yeah, no, I'll, we'll look at that. Yeah, because I'd wondered, I'd seen those before, and I and I remember seeing that at like Walmart maybe a few months back. I don't know if it was a Bodine light bulb or something, but it said Phillips and Bodine. And I thought that's too much of a coincidence to not be involved, or or maybe there was something there. I never asked you on that, but I, I was curious about wow. that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but see, I'm learning things too with this book. Dominic knows more than I do about it. <laughs> about me. Yeah. No, there's been some stuff that has shocked me. And, and I think, too, I, and we, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but you being on the Dale Earnhardt Jr. download and being on Dale Jr.'s podcast, I think that certainly gave a lot of momentum. I think a lot of race fans have discovered over the last few months, Jeff's on social media, Jeff's pretty active. He's got Facebook, Twitter, and all that. I don't think a lot of fans have known. And, and I think it's a cool little milestone, too. That you hit 10,000 followers on Facebook recently. It seems like your Facebook page just keeps getting a lot of momentum and a lot of fans yeah. are discovering that you're on social media. Yeah, I want to thank all those fans, yeah. You know, and it's Dominic that's doing it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of guy. I don't, well, no, I, I'm not a – I don't have an ego – I don't need to be out there, but Dominic knows the importance of it, especially when we're coming up with this book thing. And so, uh, yeah, I appreciate all that. And, you know, a lot of people are saying I need to be in the Hall of Fame. That that will never happen, uh, you know, because there's only one reason I like to have it happen, because I get up there to tell who's really responsible for my career. It isn't me. It was, it was my Lord Jesus Christ. He, he's the one that's gave me talent, led me through it, kept me safe, kept me alive. And so that's the only reason I like, I dedicate the, the award to, to him for sure. But there's such a hard feelings with NASCAR and myself for some reason, which will be in the book. <laughs> See, I'm teasing him. It's going to be in the book. You got to buy it or hear the book. I'm going to tell the story. So, yeah. You know, hey, that's really cool. Um, David, you got one more thing before yeah, we move on? Yeah, Jeff, it's, man, it's just to be in one of the best ever NASCAR drivers ever, you know, uh, you know, and all the races and everything you've done. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's amazing. And uh, I love hearing you talk about, you know, it's all, you know, your faith and your Christian and, you know, who made that all possible, who made it all happen. But man, it's kind of cool, and I don't really think. And and I and I asked the question. There's not a lot of brothers to have yourself and your brothers race with you. You know, what I mean, I don't even know how many times all three of y'all were in the same race. But you know, to to be Jeff Bodine and, and champion NASCAR Cup legend, and to have your brothers racing with you. You just told a story about the Brickyard 400, 1994 when you probably was going to win the first Brickyard 400 and next thing you know, you know, your brother takes you out, you know what I mean? And, and then just all the years that you race with Todd and, and, you know, and Brett and uh, man, that's gotta be, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I can't sit here and think of, you know, uh, others that have had three brothers that oh, raced yeah. at the level y'all raced at. I mean, that's just so special, man. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you like to have been our mother? She used to watch the races like this. <laughs> you know, but she she was, and our dad, they were proud of us. And, you know, we're proud of it too, but. Uh, Absolutely. But man. Brett and I are better brothers now than ever. You know, it, that's that's behind us. It's only a stupid race. Uh, I'd rather have a brother than win a race. So, uh, yeah, that, 
you know, at the time uh, we were just disappointed. Absolutely. That happened. And, but we're, that's way behind us. We're just super brothers now. And he has a great family and still working for NASCAR. And, uh, so we're proud of him. And to see your youngest brother, Todd Bodine, man, I'm a big fan of his. I was just cheering him on Friday night and he was, you know, I'm like, man, I, I wish Todd would run a lot more races than what he's running. But, man, it's cool to see him out there. And, you know, and the man, let me tell you, you know, those those kids might be half his age or, and a lot, you know, more than that. But, man, he uh, – it's still there. And that's cool to see that, you know. So, but, yeah. I mean, you know that short practice is nothing. No, it's nothing. It's just, you know, if he had a little more practice time, they could have dialed that truck in better for the race. But – through the race, I listened to him on the scanner. So through the race, they, they dialed it in, and he got pretty good. And uh, Kentucky, he's, he's always run good there, so that's going to be a good one. Pocono, Sonoma, he's a pretty good road racer. So right. yeah, he has three more to go. Don't count him out. He might yeah. sneak in there. Young, you might win another one before it's finished. <laughs> That'd be awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Guys, uh, let's go ahead and get to our news and notes segment presented by Ticket Spotter. Ticket Spotter officially uh, is the presenting sponsor of this show, the official ticket resale marketplace at Worldwide Technology Raceway, where the NASCAR Cup Series will be headed in just two weeks from right now. That's where David won in 2004, driving in the Truck Series. They'll yep. uh, be the presenting sponsor for that race. Fancy you get tickets to any type of event, including sports, concerts, theater productions through Ticket Smarter. They're committing to helping those in need by donating $1 for every transaction to various charity organizations. Head over to TicketSmarter.com to find tickets for upcoming events. That's TicketSmarter.com. Dominic, uh, some uh, exciting news on uh, Team Trackhouse's front uh, as that organization has taken – some major strides in the last couple of years, and they're taking another step forward. They sure are. Project 91, as it's being dubbed by Team Trackhouse, that's Justin Mark and Pitbull's race team. They are going to be fielding at least one part-time entry, the number 91 in the Cup Series, and that's going to be aimed at having an international reach with renowned drivers. So on Tuesday, May 24th, Project 91 was announced by Team Trackhouse, and it's, their, in their words, the destination for global superstars. From other racing disciplines that are eager to try NASCAR and America's most popular form of motorsports. So their mission, they are trying to intersect NASCAR and global motorsports. So F1, whatever national or international series might be racing, they want to bridge that and, and try to bring in more of an appeal and try to bring in some different drivers that have otherwise not have had that opportunity. We know of one race that they'll be entering, but that track is yet to be determined. The driver's yet to be determined. And it sounds like it's something that they're going to push for even more so in 2023. Parlez-vous français. Uh, I'm from France. Tell them I'm from France. <laughs> Parlez-vous français. <laughs> David, uh, let's start with you on that. Uh, Trackhouse, uh, you know, we, we know with Pitbull and such, they tried to, they, they said that they're trying to change the culture. Dan Suarez, a big part of that, now adding an international driver and doing this type of thing, uh, pretty cool stuff from a track house here. Man, you know, Justin Marks and, and uh, Pitbull and, and, you know, given, uh, the, like Jeff called him, the Waterbur uh, watermelon man, uh, uh, Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez and what the, what they've done. And, man, it's just amazing to see a team in its sophomore years be so competitive. I would call them a championship caliper team uh, now. 
And it's just cool uh, to see, you know, other drivers from other racing series in the world, like F1 and, and maybe the rally sport, the V8 rally cars. I mean, I, I just think it's cool. And I just think, you know, and Jeff will tell you just, you know, how, how big our sport is. You know, people from all over the world want to come, uh, you know, be a Jeff Bodine or participate in the freaking, you know, in our NASCAR races here in America. So I, I don't know. I just think it's cool. It's cool to have, you know, uh, Pitbull part owner with Justin Marks. It's cool to see Trackhouse be so successful with their new young drivers. Uh, and it's just, you know, to have these international uh, stars part of our sport. I, I just love it. I think it's great for NASCAR. It's great for auto racing in general. And, and uh, I think we're going to see a lot, lot more of that. And, uh, you know, thanks to Justin Martin and, and uh, Pitbull for doing that. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm excited to hear the news and who's the driver going to be, what series is he coming from? And, you know, obviously what country is he coming from? And I, I think, I think it's cool and it's just going to make our sport even bigger in the world. Dominic, do we have some candidates to come to mind on this? Man, I would be thinking somebody in Formula One. I don't know if maybe Lewis Hamilton or or Max Verstappen, somebody at the top of the line with F1. But I, I figure we were talking about it actually this weekend, some NASCAR reporters and John Haverlin, who listens to the show regularly, how that gap, that that opportunity for F1 drivers to gracefully balanced between NASCAR and F1 would be easier than a NASCAR driver trying to get to F1. So I would imagine probably somebody in F1. Jeff, I'd be curious on who you think might be a candidate for that first race in that 91 car. <laughs> probably Vu Francais. I'm from France. <laughs> I don't even want to get out there. No, I heard rumors about F1 guy. I can't remember his name, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the driver comes from Formula 1. Hey, Jeff, now that we're talking about all this, I'm just, you know, just sparks my mind. I know you, you know, once you, once you're that, you're such a, a fighter and a competitor and a champion and a winner, how does that desire, how, how do you control that today? Are you okay with everybody? You still get an itch when you're watching on TV saying, man, I mean, do you, how, you know, Jeff, Bo, the, the famous Jeff Bodine. I mean, you know, when you're sitting there watching the NASCAR race, do you sometimes say, man, I wish I was in there? I mean, competing again. I mean, is the itch still there and the want still there? How to have, I mean, no, 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 and no. You know, <laughs> it was hard to get, get rid of that desire because I love the people. I love the atmosphere. I love the, the thrill of driving, the, uh, all of that. Uh, and, I prayed. I had to pray. You know, and I believe in prayer. Prayers work. I prayed and prayed and prayed. You know, I know I shouldn't be doing this. I knew, know I should stop. And finally, it, it left me. And I, I said, right, that's good. I, you know, I help guys right now. I, I don't even want to get in their car to go test. Well, you get that suit on, you go all sweaty and stuff, right? <laughs> that's my <laughs> But no, I don't even need to get out there and race. You know, I have not, one, I have nothing to prove. No. I, I have a lot I could lose. I've hit my head a lot. So the next time something might happen, hit my head, I might not wake up. I love my wife. I got four granddaughters, two sons, a lot of friends, a lot to lose. Yes, sir. Nothing, yes, sir. Nothing to gain. So, no, and that's why Jimmy's make this your last race, please. <laughs> well, we love, and I know he loves his family, but. Crap happens in those cars, especially. Yes, and that is so true. 
Well, and Tyler, I, I have to share this with you because, in fact, I was texting somebody who's been on the show. I won't name them, but they're a race car driver and asked if they were going to be at the All-Star Race. And, and just to kind of hear that other side of the spectrum, I asked, hey, are you going to be at the track this week? And he told me, no, I struggle, and I quote, going to the race, the race track, because I feel like a crackhead watching other crackheads do crack while I don't have any crack of my own. <laughs> well, it's not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> there. yeah. Uh, Dominic, what else is going on? Uh, big weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend. What's the motorsports schedule of everything? Oh, man, it, it is like the holidays of racing, right? There's something going on every day of the week. It seems like we have the, a triple header weekend with the Truck Series, Xfinity, and Cup Series. We also have Formula One in Monaco. And the Indianapolis 500, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So there's so much racing going on this weekend. It seems like at any point during the weekend, you can put the TV on and you're going to be able to watch some sort of racing action somewhere around the world. Well, and with F1's recent popularity spike in the U.S. as flakes, uh, you know, that's going to be a lot of intrigue, all eyes on Monaco that maybe weren't even at this time a year ago, the Indy 500, Coke 600. Uh, Jeff? Uh, this is a win for all the motorsports, isn't it, when, when there's so much to offer, right? I mean, doesn't everybody benefit from a weekend like this? I only have two TVs. I can't watch all three. <laughs> They're on different times. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Probably a drag race going on somewhere also, and all the short track racing. And Yeah, the, right, people love racing. They love the sport. Now, the, the situation uh, the big sports are having is they're all on TV. So the, the older race fans are staying home watching on TV. I do. You know, I love to be there, but it's so much easier to sit here on my sofa and watch my big TV and I have to fight the traffic. But you see the replays, you see the interviews, you hear the drivers who lies and who tells the truth about it, it wasn't my fault. So, you know, that's that's the problem. You know, the grandstands aren't full of people like they used to be. I mean, David, those days, I mean, the 90s, I mean, they were in the 80s. They, was, they were building more grandstands. They didn't have enough grandstands. They, they were the days. Yes. But now television doing such a great job. You know, they've lost that, that the big at track attendance. And, but they're still making money, the TV money. So we just got to keep watching on TV and the sport will keep growing. Absolutely. Unfortunately, a lot of competition out there. Yeah, to hear you talk about adding more fans, more stands, you know, and and to me and maybe Tyler and Dominic and Jeff, you know, with the tracks you get to, uh, you know, it looks like they're they're slowly taking them out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, but you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about it, Jeff. The television, it's, the 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 coverage of the race is so good. Our televisions are so clear. And every, you know everything going on like you were talking about, and it's it's almost best just to sit on your couch and watch it on television, you know, like you're almost there. Get the NASCAR app, you can ride with some drivers. Yeah, it's so cool. And yeah. plus you can listen to the drivers that Cruz talked, which I do, of course, and that's interesting to hear those conversations. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I I tell people I'm smart enough to know I, I don't need to be out there and I couldn't keep up with those young kids. No way, no how. They're good and I'm old. Dominic, <laughs> uh, when, it, when it comes to this weekend, 
uh, besides just the Coke 600 itself, I'm going to be rooting so hard on Sunday for Jimmy Johnson. Qualified 12th. He's shown a lot of speed already at Indy. We know he's already won at that course before at the cup level. I, I would expect Jimmy to run pretty well in that Indy 500. If he completes the race, I think he'll be in contention. I agree, and he's won that race multiple times, the Indianapolis race, or the Brickyard 400 Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Certainly going to be a lot of NASCAR eyes watching that race, and and I think that's going to be the big story there, too. His, his rookie campaign, his official rookie campaign of running the entire schedule, Indianapolis, we know how good he is on the ovals. He's done good at the oval test. He did great at Texas a few months back. I'm looking for Jimmy Johnson to run really well this Sunday. David, you going to be rooting for Jimmy on Sunday? Yeah, no doubt. You know, just just going back to what Jeff was saying earlier, you know, it's like Jeff Bodine. You know, he's he's won everything you can win and, uh, you know, did everything you could do. And so, you know, I asked him as he still has that itch, and he said, man, you know, I, I don't, you know, and uh, because he's done it all, you know, and you look at Jimmy Johnson and he's done it all. And uh, seven championships, you know, and the team – to see him getting an Indy car, which, you know, for me, uh, you know, when things happen, I mean, it's ugly. You know what I mean? They're going so fast. It's it's not a stock car. You're not protected like we are in our stock car race cars. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I, I'll, I'll be watching it, be glued to the – I love the Indianapolis 500. Growing up as a kid, I've watched it ever since I can remember. Uh, being from Houston, Texas, and driving for A.J. Foyt like I did, and A.J. being a great friend of mine, I always cheered for A.J. and was a guest of his at Indianapolis 500 probably eight years ago. It was amazing. Uh, but but I, I will be watching Jimmy Johnson. I'll be I'll – be, man, I'm, I'm a big fan. I want him to do well. And, and just hearing y'all talk, it would be awesome if he could be a shot at winning or, shot, or top three, whatever it may be. But there's a lot of stories in that race. And uh, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you watched it and it's awesome. It's such a, spe spe a spectacle or whatever you want to say. It's a big event. But, you know, I just pray that everybody's safe, man, because it's dangerous. You know, it's a dangerous sport. And, uh, and uh, but, man, I love it. You know, I mean, we got Helio Castaneves that could win his fifth Indianapolis 500. That's never, ever been done, you know. This, this is going to be in the book. You know, early in my career, I, I had a rear engine car. I ran uh, – I, I converted it so I could run short tracks, Oswego, and some, uh, you know, half-mile tracks. Because I was – that's where I wanted to go with the Indy back then. NASCAR wasn't as big as it is – became. Indy was. But uh, and I, I loved driving that Ranger car. I actually drove an Indy car at Michigan. Dick Simons uh, let wow. me get in his backup car for Iron Lion Day. And I ran four laps. And my fourth lap was like two, I got cramp, <laughs> 210 or two, two something. And uh, they wanted me to race that weekend. But I said, no, I can't do it. We're up there for the uh, Iraq race. So, I, yeah, I love that kind of racing and the, because it's high tech. You know, now NASCAR's that way now with these new yes. cars. Yeah. Before they, they weren't so high tech, but now they are. But IndyCars, Formula One, it's all high tech. And I love that because I always built, designed, built my own cars. So I love that part of the racing. It's interesting, Jeff. I was going to ask you if you ever had, you know, if IndyCars was ever, a, a, if you had desires to do that and that was where you wanted yeah. to go. Yeah, that's why wow. I had it. But they were, they, 
guys were getting hurt and killed. And NASCAR got bigger, so I went from heading west to go south. Yeah, I'm glad I did. Yeah. I'm Real glad. quick, uh, some picks for the Coke 600. Uh, Dom, we'll start with you. Give me a name. Oh, boy, you're going to put me on the spot. I am going to say Ryan Blaney carries the momentum, and he gets it done. Wins his first Coke 600. Wins his first Charlotte mile-and-a-half race. He's won the Roval. He won the inaugural race in 2018. He gets it done in the Coke 600. Coke 600 traditionally has been a good time for first-time winners. Tyler Reddick gets his first career win this weekend in the Coke 600. Uh, and getting it done in a crown jewel event, I think, would be pretty awesome. Uh, Tyler Reddick's my pick, David. Man, it's hard to pick one because, you know, you got – Ross Chastain, you got three Kyle Larson and Chase, I mean, Chase, you know, Briscoe and Chase Elliott. And I don't know. I think momentum's a big thing in our sport. And I, I'm, I'm going to go with the same pick Dominic's chose. I'm going to go Ryan Blaney. I think that, you know, they were so strong in all-star race. And, you know, I, I just feel like that, uh, that he's will be a one to be a contender and will probably win the race. You're not okay. supposed to do What's that, Jeff? Oh, come on. Come on, that's not fair. I'm going with I'm going with the watermelon man. Ross is a charger. He is determined. He doesn't give up. What happened in the all-star races? He he made a move. He's going 190 miles an hour. And Kyle Bush should have stayed where he was. But he he moved down a little bit. He didn't go far enough. He should have gone all the way to the apron with that flat tire. And Ross had already he was going fast. He, he didn't have a choice. He hit him and went flying through the air. But that boy's good. He's my pick. So I got to ask you too, Jeff, because I know I 2016 when we had the big rookie class with, with – oh, good. No, I said I love watermelons, so I got to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> years ago, Jeff, you had said that the rookies, the 2016 class, like it was Chris Buescher, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, they were going to have that youth advantage in the Coke 600. Do you feel like we're going to see the, the youth come out in the Coke 600 this Sunday as well? You know, the – yeah, because they're they're all in the equal cars, basically the same basic car, and so there's no team that can find an advantage. The only advantage is the the setup, which they're all pretty good with that, with the uh, engineering and the sims and all that that modern day stuff. You know, when the late Earnhardt and I were driving and Elliot, we our butts were our computer. So that's, that's how we set the car up from our, the feeling in our butts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the young kids are going to do good. Those old guys, uh, uh, they're finding out how tough, how good these young guys are. So, uh, I think it's going to be a young guy. It could be Blaney. Yeah, I'm pulling for, I'm pulling for Joey Gano, Gano because he, he and his dad and mom helped us a lot with their bobsleds. So, I, I love that family. They're really good people. Uh, but the watermelon bed. Todd helped Ross when he just came into racing. He he coached him and tried to help him. So Todd has a little bit of uh, 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 money in that game with him because he, right. he helped Ross a lot. So it could be anybody, but I, I got to pull for Ross. He's, he's, he's a goer, a getter. He doesn't give up. Yeah, yeah very good. Uh, last thing before we go, our uh, Ask David segment, we ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. This segment presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter Cam Boards, the primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang. We want to tell you a little bit 
more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck race throughout the season. Visit TicketSmarter.com. That's TicketSmarter.com. Our first question in the inbox comes from Missy. Missy wants to know, this is for Jeff, do you still go to local tracks you used to dominate back in New York, especially your old family track? Uh, Jeff, did you, did you make it up there much? It's a long ride from Malabar, Florida, back to Shimon, New York. So, no, I don't get back there much. I, you know, I, I go to New Smyrna. You're right here in Florida, half-mile track. I won a lot of races there. We'd always come down for speed weeks. And I help a friend of mine at races, Sebring, road race. So. Uh, I love road racing. I want a few of those. So, uh, but no, I don't. I don't venture too far out of the state of Florida. Costs too much money. Gas. Thank you, Mr. Biden. Uh, I'm Trump. <laughs> I mean, the gas. Uh, it's crazy what's happened to our world right now. So yeah, that's. Uh, that's what I said. Yeah. Okay. I don't get out of the state of Florida. David, uh, you get out the uh, other tracks much when you're when you're not racing? Man, I love it. You know when, when uh, you know just like you know when I uh, when I'm you know out somewhere you know like in Charlotte next week. Uh, you know this weekend I think the World of Outlaws will be there at the dirt track. And man, I, I love going to the short tracks, watching a good dirt race. I like going and watching the, the late models race on the asphalt. And just uh, I do every chance I get and. Uh, if you look close enough, you might see me in one of those dirt cars. You know what I mean? But uh, but I love the short tracks. I mean, that's where we learn. That's where we all come from. That's where we learn how to race. And uh, man, for me personally, I you, you know when when I get done racing on Saturday afternoon, I find the closest dirt track or asphalt track I can get to, and you usually find me in the stands or in the pits checking it out. It's pretty awesome. That reminds me. You're talking about dirt. Yeah, I have. We have been to Lebanon Valley. Up in upstate New York, uh, Lori's uncle, Wayne Jelly, <laughs> races there. Her father, Butch Jelly, used to race there. He's in the Hall of Fame up, up uh, state in New England. Uh, so, yeah, Lebanon Valley is a dirt track. Uh, I raced there once in an wow. all-star race a long, long time ago. I went there to watch the NASCAR guys race there, Richard Petty and Wendell Scott. Wendell Scott, wow. That's a long time ago. I went up there with my uncles uh, from Shimon. Yeah, it's about a three-hour ride, but that was quite an adventure. But uh, Lebanon Valley, great track if you're up in the Northeast. That's Very amazing. Cool. Another question. Uh, this one comes from Buddy. Buddy wants to know, Jeff, what did it feel like going 197-plus miles an hour in Atlanta during qualifying in 97? I was there that day, and it looked unreal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's in the book, too. There's a story about that. Yeah, I'm really confident in the car. Uh, you know, we had one spot coming off turn two where they had to patch it, so you'd hit that and you'd kind of slip. So we were all concerned about that. And uh, Tim Brewer was crew chief in my car back then, and I told him, uh, I think I can run wide open around this place. He said, well, go for it. <laughs> Tim Brewer, he, he didn't care. Go for it. <laughs> He just like to see his car go fast. And I went through one and two wide open. And that, that's the toughest corner because it, it's sharper. Yeah. And three and four has a more gradual entrance and exit. 
because you're going on a trial. And I, I said, well, this is going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> My brothers told me going into turn one, I was going like 210 miles an hour, some crazy number. Wow. They were watching on TV. But I went into three and it was fine. And I got just almost halfway through and there's some bumps in the track and the car started moving up and down a little bit. And that made it want to push towards the wall. So I had to just ease up on the throttle just a little bit. You know how that works, you release that ratchet and it'll turn in, in the rear gear. So I had to let up just a touch. And when they told me to speed, man, I was mad. I wanted to go 198. <laughs> <And> I, thought, <laughs> I might have done it if I hadn't had to lift a little bit. But yeah, so that was quite a thrill. Yeah, very happy wow. with it. We ran like crap in a race, but the qualifying was good. They still have the record. Wow. Uh, so Jeff, we, we need to get you out on this new Atlanta. Well, they've slowed it. They've taken horsepower away from the cars. Yeah. If they had the same horsepower we did, with, and they have more downforce. They, they on that new track, they go a lot faster. Yeah, you know, just uh, they don't have all that to go fast now. It's a great race, but they're not going as fast. Amazing, man. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll do one more question in the uh, inbox here this time, and uh, this one's going to come uh, from uh, Trent. Wants to know. As far as teams you drove for, Jeff, who stands out and that you had the best owner-driver relationship with? Uh, they were all good until you say you're leaving. <laughs> or they say they're all good until they say they don't, you're not driving for me next year. Everything was good <laughs> up to that point. But uh, no, and of course, Rick Henry, you know, we're still friends. Uh, Junior Johnson. Uh, I mean, he, he was a great guy, great racer, great car owner. I just happened to get with him when it was, it's kind of, well, you know, he, he and his wife were having troubles. He had a girlfriend, and so he wasn't paying attention to racing. And, and he formed another team, which he said he'd never do have two teams again. Well, then he got Sterling Marlin, Maxwell House. And back in those days, you couldn't have get enough engine parts to build two good engines. You really couldn't get enough to build one sometimes. So who got the good engines? It was Sterling because Budweiser was a solid sponsor. We'd won with him, and he was trying to impress Maxwell House. So that was a problem. Uh, Bud Moore was great. Oh, Bud Moore, man. Wow. For a hero. What a great guy. Very great history. Uh, but he was old. <laughs> and... <laughs> They were building their own engines, but I got them a Peter Giles engine the first year, and that's when we won all the races in Martinville and, and North Brooks with the same engine, same car, same setup, everything. I mean, it was awesome, but that helped him. They, they started building better engines, but uh, we went to uh, the second year. had two crew chiefs, Travis Carter and Dan, Donnie Wingo. And wow. I said, we're going to Sears Point. I said, guys, I know how we – how we can win this race. They had good cars. I know how we can win this race. We put a rear anti-roll bar in the car. You know, they weren't illegal, but nobody was using them. I'd use them in my modifies and, and everything I had ever driven, late model. So I told them what to do. They, they went in there at night after everyone left and put that thing on the car race car for Sears Point. They didn't tell Bud more about it. 
loved by more, but he was old school. He wouldn't have let him do it. So we had to keep it a secret. And we won a race. And it really helped us out there. And, of course, then everyone started running them. And uh, tires changed and stuff. But uh, independent rear, they, they all have them. That's what you have. Hey, Jeff, there. what did that rear sway bar do for y'all? Was it forward bite or just made it, I mean, overall? No, you know, when you're road racing, you go left and right. Yeah. And that would... That, that would allow you to set the car up where you could go left good, but then the right-handers through the S's and stuff, you could still, and down the carousel, that was a mm -hmm. long left-hand corner, you could get down through there better with a rear sway bar. You didn't, you didn't have to run stiff springs to do it. Okay. So when a car leaned on, it, on one side or the other, it just helped it turn. And it, it was it's a huge advantage. Every car in the world has them now. Every truck has a rear sway bar yeah but anyway uh, bud was great of course i was a, i was the best owner <laughs> went home yeah. i didn't know uh you know joe bessie we started with him a new team and you know we had that crash in daytona in 2000 that which screwed all that up and i saw i'm sorry that happened that was a great effort joe was a good guy he's a racer uh james finch you know almost won daytona again with him in 2002 which would have been great. Uh, came in third. I've had a chance to win. So I've had a lot of great owners, a lot of great crew chiefs. Uh, you know, loved them all. Harry Hyde was a guy, like I said earlier, why I joined Rick Henry. So uh, I, I got to pick him out. Probably he's the best. The, the one that influenced my career the most because he got to win with me and Rick at Martinsville. And we won other races too. So I love Harry Hyde, but all, all of them were great. That's wonderful. Until wow. you had to leave. <laughs> no, that ended it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Long answer to that. Guys, it's just, yeah. That's uh that's phenomenal. Uh, David, uh, do you uh you've had a lot of owners too? Some of those that uh, stand out who you've had great relationships with. Man, just Wayne Spears back in my – I mean, there's been so many greats like Jeff, you know, just, man, they're all special in their own way. And you're just, you're just blessed. And you had the opportunity to drive for different people. And Randy Moss, when Randy was playing for the New England Papers, was cool driving for AJ a little bit. I did. And Wayne Spears, all of them. I mean, just all of them. I mean, you know, they give you an opportunity to drive their race cars and just uh, – you know, just – but you know, one that sticks out in my mind was Wayne Spears early on in my career gave me an opportunity with great equipment, won races, uh, Dave McCarty, my crew chief. But, but you know, all of them are special. You know, uh, that was the next step in your career. And uh, I've had a lot of them and just, just, just thankful that I had the opportunities to drive for different people. But, yeah, but Wayne Spears would be one that really stands out in my early truck days, no doubt. Yeah, that's cool. That's, uh, that's some great stuff. Guys, it's been a lot of fun uh, talking to Jeff and bringing him on the show this week. This discussion just went by so quick. Uh, Jeff, uh, any uh, final thoughts before we go? Uh, what's going on in your world? Where can people reach out to you and such? Well, come to New Smyrna Speedway in Florida if you want to see me. We don't go there every week. The, the, the friend I uh, help, they don't race his car every week, but uh, we're there a lot. Uh, Sebring. They have different series. Chin is one series. NASA is one series. Yeah. They have events there. They race there all the time. Uh, 
New World Racing. You want the book, the record? We're going to have a, I'm going to do that audio book and we might have some hard copies, but Don's going to have to take them out and mm-hmm. put them in, in a book form because we can't afford a real publisher. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. My <laughs> joke. Where, where do we get the book at? My jokes. <laughs> where do we get the book at, Jeff, again? New World Racing at AOL.com. Okay. I will send the info and we get it right out to you. Awesome. So, Comes with an autograph too, correct? Autographed and I even kiss it for all you women. <laughs> <laughs> Put some of that popcorn in one of the pages. <laughs> yeah. But the real book, the good book is coming out. It'll be it's gonna be a little while down, but we're gonna get it out. It's all gonna right. be good. Awesome. You know, you you want to do something really good, so you don't want to hurry it. No. You know, I'm not gonna be like everyone. Else. I guess Martin Martin's writing a book also, a tell-all book. So uh, that should be a good one too. Absolutely. You know, I, all us old timers, we got some stories. Yeah, some stories to tell. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Dominic, uh, what's going on with you this week, man? Yeah, I'll be making a, a cool little trip with my fiance and her brother are going to be going up to Utah and I think Arches National Park. So we'll be doing that for Memorial Day weekend. We'll have Justin Melillo and Kyle Stevens out at the racetrack for us at the Coke 600. And of course, our, our remote coverage, Jonathan Field and I will be continuing to do that. So we have all hands on deck this weekend. Adam Kuhn with our IndyCar coverage. We are busy at theracingexperts.com, making sure we're bringing all the news to the fans. You, Tyler, what's keeping you busy this weekend? Uh, so uh, this weekend, uh, we kick off the official Summer of Jones Begins and uh, with Memorial Day weekend. And uh, I turn another year older on Sunday. I'll be uh, 26. So uh, that's what's going on. I'm going to go see the family, enjoy a nice uh, weekend at home, and uh, a little extended Memorial Day weekend. So that'll be good. And uh, yeah, and all is good in my world. And excited for the uh, summer weeks ahead. Going to be doing a lot of traveling over the uh, next couple of months. And I uh, just enjoyed myself. And it'll be great. Uh, David, uh, you're off to uh, Charlotte here. Man, looking forward to it, man. It's always, I love this weekend. You know, uh, I get to race Saturday afternoon at Charlotte Motor Speedway, an Xfinity race, truck race uh, Friday night. Uh, you know, you wake up Sunday morning, you get to watch the F1 race from Monaco. Uh, and then you, uh, and then, uh, man, it's the Indianapolis 500. And when that ends, man, they're cranking the motors up for the Coca-Cola 600, man. It's just, a, it's just an awesome weekend of racing, you know, and, uh, I love it. And, uh, next couple of days I'm working at my racing school, team, Texas driving school, we're finishing up some cars and, and doing some maintenance on some other ones. And just, uh, man, looking forward to a great weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yeah, that'll be uh, awesome to see. We'll be uh, rooting you on, David. Jeff, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll have to have you back on again. Uh, you're the second returning guest that we've had on the show. So, well, thank uh, you. Ma- ma- I, I you just want to, yeah, I Go just want to uh, send all the prayers out to the families and all the yeah. kids down here in Texas that went yes. through that horrific thing today and the shooting. And of course, out where Dom is, the fires through uh, uh, his state. Hopefully they they don't destroy too many homes and or no homes, hopefully, but that's a terrible thing. Come on, we gotta figure out a way to put these fires out quicker. I, mean, it, I know it's hard. I was a firefighter when I was a kid, so, uh, but yeah, that's terrible. And a lot of tough things going on in our world. 
not just here in the United States. So just say prayer for that. And God knows what's going on. He'll take care of it all. Absolutely. Well, we got to run. Uh, big thanks to uh, Jeff, uh, you, the listener, for joining us as well. As always, subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr. New episodes out each and every Wednesday on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube. Make sure to leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Hit that like button and subscribe. We certainly would appreciate it, and we will see you next time. We'll put the checkered flag out on this episode. Greg Biffle joins us next week for our very nice episode number 69 of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you then. For David Starr, Jim Bodine, Dominic Arrigan, and Flower Jones, thank you so long. This has been another edition of Let's Go Racing. See you next time. Yeah.